this morning. We are really glad to have you with us. As you join, if you'd like to say hello in the chat, please do. We love to know who's with us and um, where you're where you're dialing in from, whether that's uh, right around in the DC area or if it's far away, let us know. You feel free to let us know too if you're on your couch or you know with your dog on the sofa in the kitchen. Good morning, Naomi from Silver Spring. We're so glad to have you here. It's great to be together today. I've got my window open this morning. I haven't been able to do that last couple Sundays, but the weather has been so beautiful here in the DC area. Good morning, Alyssa. Alyssa, we, so for our service, Alyssa's just saying my webcam doesn't work. No worries. Actually, for our Sunday platform services, we use a webinar format, so we can just see your chats um, and, um, and not the, we can't see your video or hear you. You'll be able to see and hear the folks that are presenting the platform, so you're, you're perfect. Glad to have you here with us. Good morning, Eileen from the Greenbelt Woods. Good morning, Brian and Leanne. Their socially distant cat does not want to say good morning. Good morning, Susan in Chicago. It's so good to have you here, Susan. Good morning, Josh and Peter and Adam and Noland, Ryan. Ryan, great to have you here. Good morning, Josh. Other Josh. Good morning, Laura, one of many Lauras. It's a longstanding joke at West. We have, I think, nine Lauras in the membership, uh, spanning many ages. It is a multi-generational name. Good morning to Christine and Judith. Sounds like we are live on Facebook. Hi, if you're watching us on Facebook, we're glad to have you joining us there as well. Good morning, Judith and Shirley and Sue. And oh, now the Joshes are saying hi to each other. Love that. Good morning, Johnny and Wayne. Good morning, Stephanie in DC. So glad to have you with us. Good morning, Judy Ohm and Randy. It's a beautiful thing to see your uh, your faces, your names pop up, and if I know you, to imagine your faces and hold them in my hearts, my heart today. Good morning, Julie, and all of the Julies, multiple Julies, yep. Good morning from Perry B. Good morning, Vivek. Good morning, Emily. Great to have you all here. We are going to begin with an our opening words in just a moment or two as that participant count starts settling in. Right now we're still adding every couple seconds, so we'll let folks get settled. Good morning, Jason. Great to have you all here. For folks who um, don't know some of the beautiful pieces behind me, I'll just share. I so at the suggestion of um, Vincent, I think, um, a West member, I brought a couple of the beautiful um, banners from the Ethical Society to my home where I record from. So you can see the, um, the Washington Ethical Society and on the bottom, it says AEU for American Ethical Union and UUA for Unitarian Universalist Association. And behind me, um, it says a community with faith in human goodness. Those banners were created probably about 13 years ago now uh, when 
the Washington Ethical Society uh, voted to join, affiliate with the Unitarian Universalist Association and keep its historic affiliation with the American Ethical Union. Um, and I believe that Peggy Gates was the master quilter on those banners. Um, they are just gorgeous. And on my other side, there's some art by Barry Galef, a West member. Um, these are prints of oil paintings he did for two months. One of liberation, the birds, and then the nebula picture, which is a painting of a photograph, um, was for the theme of creativity and creation. Josh says Barry Galef rocks. I agree. Good morning, Joe and Hunter and Mirka and Eileen and Sarah and Vincent and um, Isabel and Alice from London. London's sunny today. Alice, we're so glad for you. Usually Alice is saying good morning from rainy London. So we're excited that it's sunny. All right. Oh, we're still adding in. Give it just a second. Good morning, Ed. Okay. Well, I would like to begin this morning with opening words um, from the poet Hafiz, though I want to note that this is Hafiz as really translated and I would say interpreted by Daniel Ladinsky. Uh, Ladinsky's um, translations have really been recategorized as interpretations. So they can sometimes be relatively far from the original words. And so these are words from Hafiz and Ladinsky together would be a more accurate way to understand them. But I do love these words and offer them to you this morning as we begin our exploration of compassion. Even after all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. Look what happens with a love like that. It lights the whole sky. I invite you now to listen and perhaps to sing along at home as we hear opening music from um, the incomparable Jean Rowe. Love is something if you give it away, give it away. Give it away Love is something if you give it away You'll end up having more It's just like a magic penny Hold it tight and you won't have any Lend it, spend it and you'll have so many They'll roll all over the floor Oh, love is something if you give it away Give it away Something if you give it away, you'll end up having more. Money is dandy and we like to use it. Love is better if you don't refuse it. It's a treasure and you'll never lose it unless you lock up the door. All love. 
something if you give it away give it away give it away oh love is something if you give it away you end up having more so let's go dance until the break of day if there's a piper we can pay cuz love is something if you give it away you'll end up having Something if you give it away, give it away, give it away, yeah, love. It's something if you give it away, you'll end up having more. You'll end up having more. You'll end up having more. What a bright way to start our Sunday morning together. Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society online. I'm Amanda Poppy. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm privileged to serve as the senior leader here. And I'm so glad that you're with us this morning. Even as we gather together in new ways, it is good to be with one another. Visitors and guests, we especially welcome you. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and that you might drop an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas at maceot at ethicalsociety.org. You'll actually have a chance to hear from Maceo later in our platform service today, um, but he is always excited to get to meet new folks uh, who are interested in WES. You can also fill out a connection form. Uh, Maceo may be able to pop that link into the chat or you can find it on our website as well. And we hope that you'll join us after the platform service in our Zoom coffee hour for a chance to say hello. Our chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. If you don't wanna see the chat, this is a good time to minimize it on your device by clicking the little red dot in the left corner of the chat box or clicking the chat icon on the bottom or top of your screen to get it to go away, or even just sticking a post-it note on your screen where the chat is. Sometimes the low-tech solution works best. So take a moment to get the chat the way you like it um, as, you, um, as you engage with our platform service. And now I would like to invite Stefania Madi to read our statement of purpose. Stefania is uh, here in keeping with our June theme of compassion. Um, we are inviting Stefania on behalf of the Share the Plate team on which she serves. There is a team that selects the groups with which West shares its Sunday collection each month. The team is actually about to lose its current leader, Heather Vincent, who is moving to Miami um, with her husband, George, and their daughter, Lily. So if you would like to help Wes put its money where its social justice priorities are, this is a great time to talk with Stefania or with Jason Fettig, who remain on the team. And I'd like now to invite Stefania to share our statement of purpose this morning. Good morning. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capabilities. 
We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Stefania, thank you so much. If you have a candle at home, you might now like to get that candle and light it as together we say our words for candle lighting. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Each week, we ring a chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I am particularly mindful this weekend, which holds both what would have been the DC Pride Parade and Festival and the anniversary on Friday of the Pulse shooting. I am particularly mindful of my trans siblings, non-binary siblings, all who are transgender, who have experienced a um, rollback from the administration of protections in particular around healthcare. I hold in my heart, anger and sadness and a commitment to fight for those protections for all people. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. I invite you now to settle into a deeper space of meditation, especially on days and weeks, months and years when the world feels difficult, when it breaks our hearts. We might invite ourselves into centering and into action, 
with uh, metta meditation. I invite you then to close your eyes if you would like or soften your gaze to begin with a breath. And to repeat after me aloud or in your heart, this phrase. May I live in safety. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live with ease. Bring into your awareness now another person. Perhaps someone for whom your heart aches. Someone your heart holds. And again, may you live in safety. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. Open your mind and heart now, if you will, to all in this city, this country, this world. Imagine how big you can make that circle. And again, may all live in safety. May all be happy. May all be healthy. May all live with ease. Another breath with me. Holding our meditation for ourselves, for those we love, for all the world. I invite us now to hear again from Jean, a song that invites us to hold on to those we love. Who was the one 
who bailed you out when the water came rushing into your boat who was the one who gave you her coat when you forgot yours and you almost died i've always been on your side still fought for you nail and tooth I always knew you were telling the truth when everyone else was convinced that you lied I've always been on your side Like a big trap door I gave you my bed And I slept on the floor And I heard you out As you shook and you cried I've always been on your I've always been on your side. This month, we are exploring the theme of compassion. And as I thought about how we might explore that together, um, I wondered what it meant for Wes to be a compassionate community. Certainly, that's how I have experienced Wes as caring and loving, and that's what compassion is, right? And so I wanted, as we explored compassion together as a community, to hear not just my voice on what Wes has been and is, but also the voices of others at Wes. How does compassion show up in different ways 
within this community that we have built our building will always be building together. What does it mean to be compassionate in different parts of our congregational life? And so I have asked four people to share this morning. Um, we'll hear from Shayla Bokum, Laura Tyler, Ross Wells, and Maceo Thomas. The first three are members of WES and the last a staff member. And they'll be sharing about what they see as compassion within their life at WES, within what WES could be within the world around us. I particularly noticed as these folks started sending me the reflections that they were working on, how many of them, and you'll notice too, went back to the dictionary to figure out what compassion means. What does it mean to be compassionate? I think as you hear these reflections, you may, like me, find that your definition of the word expands. I want to invite Shayla Bokum to begin our reflections. Shayla is speaking as herself, of course, and also as a member of the Pastoral Care Associates. Shayla, I invite you now to share. Good morning, everyone. Um, as Amanda said, I'm Shayla Bokum. I'm a member of the Pastoral Care Associates, and I really enjoy helping other people. My parents have always taught me the value of community service and social justice, but I would say I have an innate tendency toward altruism, whether on an individual basis or by donating to organizations that help people who have needs I could fill. I remember as a kid volunteering at a food pantry at my church and participating in fundraisers for organizations fighting hunger in the United States and other countries. I did a lot of volunteer work in college as well. More recently at work, I've helped out with a combined federal campaign uh, to encourage my colleagues to give to various charities. I also currently help out with the Ward 5 mutual aid in my neighborhood to help bring groceries to those facing food insecurity. Um, when I hear about someone who's down on their luck, who's had surgery, who needs a listening ear or a casserole or some groceries, I feel drawn to help them. I think a lot of people here at West have that tendency. That's one of the things I love about West, the sense of coming together as a community to help one another during difficult times, as well as happy times, such as when there's a new baby. Um, one of the things I like about the Pastoral Care Associates is that it enables us to leverage West's members' goodwill and willingness to help others. For example, when someone is going through something where they could use some meals, we can set up a sign-up genius so people can choose a day and sign up and bring that person or family a meal. The Pastoral Care Associates have also organized things like CPR trainings and a discussion about advocating for loved ones who are in the hospital. Through the Pastoral Care Associates, I've also learned the importance of listening. Oftentimes, even more than food, people going through a difficult time need a friendly listening ear. As an introvert, I'm still working on getting comfortable extending myself in that way. Now more than ever, this is something that we need more of, these connections. One way you can help is just by calling and checking in on fellow West members. The directory is available on the website. I guarantee you, you will put a smile on someone's face by calling them and asking them how they're doing. 
Let's try to make this small effort to help each other through these difficult times. Thank you so much, Shayla, for sharing that. Those of you who know Shayla um, know that her articulation of being drawn toward helping people is surely true. <laughs> I could see some of the other panelists, in my view, nodding at that time. If, um, if someone needs something at West, Shayla is sure to provide it. And in fact, I see again and again the way that West provides to people within our community who have needs. One of the jokes on the Pastoral Care Associates team is that we have to be careful not to put too many meals on a sign-up genius, lest people's freezers become overwhelmed by casseroles arriving daily at their door. That kind of compassion, the person-to-person -person care when things are hard, I see Wes show up with that compassion so often responding to the calls for help, supporting each other, sometimes quietly or anonymously, reaching out to each other. And I think that kind of compassion is often where we imagine compassion ending. That's what compassion is after all, right? It's a casserole, it's a hug, it's a helping hand. I want to invite Laura Tyler to continue our exploration of compassion. Laura speaks again, of course, for herself. She also serves as a member of the Community Relations Committee, charged with working on Wes's atmosphere of communication and connection. Laura, will you share this morning? Good morning, Wes. When Amanda asked me to reflect and share how I thought our role, my role in the CRC was a way to show compassion, I initially said, I don't see the hook. The con connection based upon my understanding of the word. So as she mentioned, we uh, both went and looked it up. We talked a minute and I agreed to do this and I was still somewhere around seven degrees of separation. But then I had two experiences. First, I listened at the CRC's co-sponsored check-in. A small group of people uh, spoke about the ways that the CRC could encourage West as a whole to show more compassion in our approach to presenting programming. Now, I wouldn't certainly wouldn't call it developing pity for, as the Webster might suggest, but I found some recognition, I guess, in the suffering of others, also part of that definition. Um, I witnessed, though, how being heard made people feel better. Then, I saw the ways that communication became so to the fore after the pain and anger and hurt was displayed across the nation. I saw people moved by compassion, redefine their relationships and who they considered part of their own community. 
I watched good and poor examples of what it means to be a community, to be in relationship, even when it is uncomfortable and what happens when people don't feel heard. I realized that who we engage as our uh, community really matters. How dedicated we are to our relationships is an outward expression of compassion. How we relate, how we navigate our own notions and the notions of others in order to hear and be heard really does matter. The CRC is engaged in the task of encouraging our agreed upon norms. That sounds real pragmatic to me. But to encourage people to communicate effectively with respect and under, for understanding is really compassionate. The work of the CRC helped Wes put names and expressions to how we want to be with each other and breathed life into the community relations path. But those expressions are relevant for all the relationships we engage in. Our agreement to practice it speaks to our development of sympathetic consciousness. This is also spoken of by Webster, an awareness upon which we can act. And if we are compassionate people within our own walls, we can be compassionate community within the world. Laura, thank you so much for sticking with my request, even when you at first thought that there was nothing there, because I think that you have, um, brought out the piece of compassion that is about not just how we support somebody who is having a rough time in life, but how we are with each other all the time. How we want to be with each other is the phrase that you used. And then the idea of sympathetic consciousness, of developing our capacity within this community to be with each other the way we seek to be with each other, the way we want in our deepest hearts to be with each other, and in building that sympathetic consciousness within ourselves here to be able to bring that outside our community as well. How we are with each other in the whole wide world. Ethical culture talks about eliciting the best in others and therefore in ourselves. And I see that so much in the work of the CRC and the ways that West people seek to engage compassionately and respectfully and clearly with each other. And I'm so grateful for all the ways that you have led that work on, in your work on the CRC. Ethical culture also talks about the spiritual pain of seeing another person's suffering and being unable to alleviate it. As I think about that spiritual pain and how it shows up in our own lives and in the world around us, I begin to wonder what it means for this community to take the compassion we feel for each other when we are sick or when we are in immediate need 
the compassion we seek to develop in how we communicate with each other in our sympathetic consciousness, how we take that and begin to act with it in the world around us. And so I'd like to invite Ross Wells to share next. Ross will be speaking as part of our immigration support team and also as part of Global Connections, sharing some of what compassion has come to mean for him. Ross. Ross, I'm trying to, I think I need you to unmute yourself. that it? Okay, good morning. Compassion, my least favorite definition, comes from the Google Dictionary. Sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. I was raised by wolves, devout atheists, radical socialists, and anti-racists who devoted much of their adult lives to union organizing, civil rights, working against the arms race, and the war in Vietnam. On August 28, 1963, I was 11. My mom dragged my older brother and me to the mall for the March on Washington. The most people we'd ever seen, black and white, marching, singing, praying, packed tightly together. The seriousness of purpose, the intensity of feeling, and the heat. Our young eyes were opened wide. Compassion. Beth and I joined West in 1997. The tragic death of one of our teenage son's best friends, Matthew Wayman, brought us close to his parents, Lynn and Todd, and through their loving kindness to West. We did not come here to work for social justice or to make new friends. We had these in other parts of our lives. But being fully present with the Waymans as they were surrounded by this community's deep compassion revealed to us that something in our hectic lives was missing. El Salvador is where I became a Catholic. Not really, but kind of, sorta. El Salvador is a study in brutality and compassion. You cannot go there and not be surrounded by the legacy of Oscar Romero the Archbishop of San Salvador, San Romero de las Americas. His image is worn by clerics, campesinos, and communists. He began his tenure as the conservative favorite of the ruling elite, but early on spoke of a preferential option for the poor. His compassion was not pity, and it was not charity. It was an unshakable love of and a solidarity with the dispossessed. And he acted on this by encouraging pro-democracy action and organizing for human dignity. And that made him a dangerous threat to the oligarchs who had ruled El Salvador since the time of the Spanish conquest. In August of 1980, he was shot through the heart by an assassin from a right-wing death squad while saying mass in his humble chapel, Divina Providencia. Since 2002, when West began our journey with El Salvador, we always spend time at the chapel to reflect on compassion and resistance. 
The strong personal relationships that West Global Connections has built with our sister community, El Rodeo, are the result of compassion. Seeing each other as fellow human beings with inherent worth, whether we are farmers, students, teachers, community radio journalists, or experts in world finance. We are bound to each other in compassionate solidarity. DC is where I became a Christian. Not really, but kind of, sort of. In the fall of 2016, I joined Amanda, West Board Chair Rachel Alexander, Board Member Kristen Hunter, and Judith Johnson to assist in the founding of Sanctuary DMV. Donald Trump had been elected, and we knew what that meant for immigrants of color. Ninety congregations were represented. I can't recall meeting more compassionate people than these predominantly Christian activists. We began by protesting deportations and accompanying targeted immigrants to their ICE check-ins. Some took the undocumented into their homes when they were in danger. Prayers were involved. We also met with our Muslim, Muslim neighbors here at West, advocated amnesty for Monica, a trans youth from El Salvador, and for Carlos, our friend who had to leave his home and family in El Rodeo to seek asylum here in the US. He had been marked for death by MS-13 in his job as a policeman in another city. It is also through this work that I met Rosa Gutierrez Lopez, an evangelical Christian who has been in sanctuary at Cedar Lane Unitarian for 18 months. The West Immigration Team's support work at Cedar Lane brought me close to Rosa and her three children. My experience in El Salvador was part of what drew me to Rosa's family. And it also drew me to the dedicated clergy and church members at Cedar Lane who surround Rosa and her family with support and loving compassion. Just despite my agnostic ethical culture religious practice, I've been welcomed by all. A half mile from our house is Langley Park, a COVID hotspot. Most people who live there are from Central America and Africa. Since the virus hit, many are without jobs, medical care, or food. They don't have the same options that we do to limit their exposure to the virus, get a check from Uncle Sam, or work from home. These folks could just as well have come from El Rodeo. When I make my regular food deliveries in the apartment houses, I rarely see them. It's safer that way. I've come to believe that compassion without action, however deeply felt, is self-help, and there's nothing wrong with that. It makes me a more empathetic person. Gandhi without his march to the sea. And taking action without compassion is dehumanization. Leading to an ends justifies the means mentality. Witness the rise of, mo of the modern communist state called by Susan Sontag, fascism with a human face. I'd like to think that we can strive toward compassion that is more aligned with ethical culture and actionable compassion, combining deep reflective compassion with being ethical agents in the world where love, justice, and compassion cross all borders.
Ross, thank you so much. As you share about the experience of becoming Catholic in El Salvador and becoming Christian in DC, almost sort of, kind of, I think about the way that compassion ultimately changes our own selves, changes who we are, even more than it might change the world around us. Marge Piercy, in her poem, The Low Road, writes, it goes on one at a time. It starts when you care to act. It starts when you do it again and they say no. It starts when you say we and know who you mean. And each day you mean one more. Compassion for me is about expanding the one more and one more and one more. But ultimately, the transformation is internal in our hearts and in the actions that our hearts lead us to take. I want to invite Maceo Thomas, our membership coordinator at West to share a final reflection on what compassion might mean for the West community and perhaps for all people. Good morning. Thank you, Amanda. Uh, thank you, Ross. Thank you, Laura. And thank you, Shayla. Compassion. I never took Latin in high school. Um, however, my SAT scores were decent, but probably would have been much better had I understood what words originally meant at their root rather than how we have tended to use them. Compassion. Show compassion. Be compassionate. For those who may have grown up with the biblical foundation, you, you heard this word often on Sundays. For me, the understanding was be nice, kindness, show love, etc. Those were some of the synonyms that may immediately come to mind. Compassion. How public opinion has moved on Black Lives Matter. That's the title of a New York Times piece from earlier this week. One of the paragraphs went like this. Public opinion on race and criminal justice issues has been steadily moving left since the first protests ignited over the fatal shootings of Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown. And since the death of Gregory F Floyd in police custody on May 25th, public opinion on race, criminal justice, and the Black Lives, movement, Black Lives Matter movement has leapt leftward. Compassion. My decent SAT scores were good enough to get me into UMBC. Even though I joked, by the time I graduated, I watched the average scores go up so fast that I was certain I would have been admit admitted with the incoming class. I'm exactly not sure how I remembered this, but as Amanda asked me to think about sharing on the theme of compassion, I let it roll around in my head and out of the blue, actually I was in the shower, I recalled a training led by the assistant director of the Office of Residential Life at the time. She's actually now the Vice President of Student Affairs. That's actually how old I am. I don't, I don't even remember her topic, 
I do remember she threw some Latin in the training. Compassion was the word. Compassion means to share passion. And when you get to the root of passion, you get to the word suffering, pati. Compassion, to share suffering or suffering together. Trayvon Martin was killed 2012, in 2012 while walking with a bag of Skittles in his hands. Michael Brown was shot and killed while unarmed two years later in 2014. George Floyd, tomorrow will be three weeks since he was killed by the Minneapolis police. With a knee, with a knee in his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds as the world watched him suffer together. How public opinion has moved on Black Lives Matter. Here's another sentence I pulled from the New York Times article. American public opinion can sometimes seem stubborn. Compassion, suffering together. Breonna Taylor, killed by Louisville police, serving a no-knock warrant, Justice March. Tatiana Jefferson was killed in December 2019 by Fort Worth police because her front door was left open. Freddie Gray was killed up the road with severe and critical neck injuries while in Baltimore City Police custody in 2015. Eric Garner was choked to death by NYPD in 2014 for selling loose cigarettes. Compassion. Suffering together. Oscar Grant killed by BART police on New Year's Day 2009 on the subway platform prone with, a, prone with a knee on his head. Sean Bell killed by NYPD after being shot at least 50 times, got being shot at 50 times in 2006 after leaving a bachelor party. Prince Jones was killed across the bridge in Alexandria by PG County Police in the year 2000. Amadou Jallo, killed by NYPD after being shot 19 times with a wallet in his hand. This was 1999. Compassion. There's no way to know what will happen next. After all, no one just a few years ago would have predicted that a majority of Americans would say they have a favorable view of Black Lives Matter, concludes the New York Times article. Where is your compassion? Thank you, Amanda. Maceo, thank you so much for sharing that with us. As I reflect on those definitions of the ways that we can show compassion in our community and beyond, I think about the charge to move from the definition no one liked, pity for someone suffering, to move to the definition you heard at UMBC those years ago, 
suffering together. The question I think for all of us, as we seek to live with compassion, are we willing to let our hearts break open with each other? To break apart? Will they break enough to hold all the pain in the world? as we ask them to do when we ring the chime on Sunday morning. And if we learn to suffer together, how might we be transformed? Thank you so much to all four of our speakers who shared this morning the ways that compassion shows up for them. At this time, in this week, in this month, in this nation, my heart breaks open. May I be transformed. I invite us all to breathe in our hopes for compassion in ourselves and in the world, to hear the music that Jean brings us, to look for a world transformed when we finally learn to suffer together. If I need 
words that Jean sang for us come true, especially those of us who, like me, carry privilege. May we heed the call to true compassion. This is the time in our platform when your voices, in this case, your chats, may be added to the conversation. I want to thank folks who shared um, during our um, during our music, and I'm going to share a little bit of what they did here. Rich, thanks, Maceo, for your passion, wonderful and heartfelt. Chris says, "Thank you, Maceo. We cannot hear those names and those stories enough." as a challenge and to make it clear that compassion without action in their memory is not enough. Karen reflected on the song that began our platform and she says, Jean's song reminds me of the dynamic I've seen at West. Folks come to our congregation sometimes when particularly vulnerable and we've offered a space for them to gain strength by eliciting their best. And it's often hard for folks to stay with us when we've seen them in a low place. The space reminds them perhaps too much of the hard times and they need to move on to a place that is a clean slate. That can feel hard when those we love move on, but I like to think it is both a sign of the power of the compassion they have experienced and that they are embodying that compassion, paying it forward out into the world. Naomi thanks all the panelists for powerful and moving presentations. Peter says, I loved the emphasis of all speakers on not only the emotional element of compassion, sharing the suffering, but in transforming it into effective action to address the sources of the suffering. Julie appreciates the music. Karen reminds us, if we are to be compassionate, we must transform. It's not about how we with privilege can give to others. It's how we take responsibility for the systems that create the need, the pain, and the harm. Mirka thanks Maceo for contrasting the clinical and detached discussion in the New York Times article with the actual realities of people's lives. And Julie says this platform elicits the best from Wes. Thank you for taking us inside our building with the images and photos. I miss that home away from home. Four provocative speakers today. Solidarity, she says, is a form of compassion. And as Cornell West says, justice is love in public. 
Thank you for all of you who have shared your reflections and for all of you who are holding your emotional reactions in your heart and, um, and holding compassion, suffering together. And a special thank you to, um, to the four speakers today for sharing so deeply of your own stories and, um, and for sharing them with us this morning. I am truly appreciative. Just as we share our reflections with each other, and I encourage you folks continue to share in the chat with each other. We also share our resources with each other um, and with organizations whose values resonate with our own ethical culture principles. This month, we are sharing with the Homeless Children's Playtime Project. And I believe we have a, um, a video about that um, from one of Wes's children, Francis, um, who shares why we might want to support the Homeless Children's Playtime Project. I'm gonna ask Francis to take it away. For the month of June, Wes will be sharing half of all the Share the Plate funds with the Homeless Children's Playtime Project. Every three weeks, the Playtime Project delivers play kits to the homeless kids. I'm happy that they have fun up their sleeves for the kids. We hope that you can support this awesome program. Bye! Sonia, can we go? Yes, perfect. Back to that slide. The Homeless Children's Playtime Project brings transformative play experiences to children whose families are experiencing housing insecurity all over the district. So in individual family shelters in each of the wards, um, wherever there are families experiencing homelessness and housing insecurity, the Homeless Children's Playtime Project seeks to bring them play, remembering that they are just children and that play is so important to children's lives. I encourage you to give generously as you are able to the work of the Playtime Project as well as to the work of the Ethical Society. Um, uh, you can see we have a text option to give. You can also go to the website and use our donate button. If you're a visitor with us this morning, we invite you to be our guest if you choose. We do appreciate everybody's giving as they are able. And along with our giving, we will receive gifts of music from the West Band and some of the West singers as they explore compassion and what it means to suffer together in a song you may be familiar with.
Thank you so much to Josh Blinder and the West Band for that um, really beautiful rendition of Everybody Hurts. This seems like a good time as well to remind you that if you are having a hard time and need someone to talk with, um, I still am available for pastoral care appointments until um, the end of June and Laura Solomon, Wes's clergy intern is available for pastoral care support in June and in July. She's also opening up some groups uh, for um, folks needing to check in specifically around COVID, a grief group and others. You'll receive an email with that information from Laura um, in the next couple of days. So if indeed you are especially hurting and suffering right now, please do reach out so that we can suffer together so that we can support each other. I am so appreciative of all of the folks who helped to make this platform happen. And, um, and I want to share those appreciations in a moment, but first I want to share some appreciation for Andrea Perry Lerner who, as many of you know, has been with us over this past year as our SEEK consultant. Andrea has um, a long history in religious education and ethical education, as well as in supporting congregations during times of transition as a regional staff person for the Unitarian Universalist Association. And we have been really lucky this year that she has worked with our SEEK team, with our Sikh teachers um, and the whole Sikh community um, and with me and with Andara. Um, and um, she's closing her time with us um, for this year as the Director of Lifelong Learning Hiring Team is coming to the end of the search process. And we hope to be able to share more about that with you in the next week. Um, but for today, we want to really appreciate and thank Andrea. I, um, let's see, I need to be able to see people. Here we go. Um, and so I want to um, start by inviting uh, Laura Delaney to um, share uh, a word or two about Andrea. We're going to have several folks from our SEEK team sharing. Um, and then I have some words uh, as well, and we'll hear from Andrea. So Laura Delaney, are you, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. Um, my dog was barking. <laughs> my dog wanted to share some words as well, Andrea. <laughs> well, I just wanted to appreciate you for providing grounded leadership in a, a huge time of transition um, and doing that with a light touch um, and really listening to what um, we were looking for and needing. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much, Laura. I'm going to ask Rima to share a couple of words now. Rima also serves on the SEEK team. Yeah, thank you, um, Amanda, and thank you, Laura, um, for starting the thanking for Andrea. I agree with everything that um, Laura said, and I wanted to share a couple of um, memories um, with Andrea. One, actually, you've seen projecting um, is the cookies. This was by far the favorite activity that my kids participated in when the Seek was decorating cookies um, around um, uh, Valentine's Day. Um, and they shared it then with the congregation. And that was uh, amazing. And it was, it was great. 
Um, the other memory um, from being a, in the SEEK team was coming to a SEEK meeting and seeing a library of curriculum <laughs> um, on the table. Um, Andrea had heard uh, what we needed and she found just the right resources um, and that was wonderful. Um, and that's certainly um, translated to many uh, of my interaction with Andrea. So thank you so much. And um, I hope we, um, you stay in touch. Thank you so much, Rima. I'm gonna invite Laura Lenardi to share a couple of words. Hey, Andrea. I appreciate also all the wonderful resources and ideas that you shared with us uh, during your time at SEEK, and it was wonderful getting to know you. Thank you so much, Laura. Um, I have some words, Andrea, from Indara. Indara was so sad she couldn't be here this morning. Um, she is actually needed at her uh, full-time job. Um, I guess they can have her sometimes, um, uh, where, where she works with Wonders um, with a preschool. But she sent some words um, and asked that I would read them to you. So um, these are from Indara. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, expertise, and guidance in such a seamless way. Your presence was a much needed essence of everything is going to be all right. Your knowledge of ethical education and calmness create an atmosphere of learning and leadership. I thank you for your guidance and wish you well in all that you do. And um, I know, um, it was really a, a joy for us to get to be, and Dara and I were able to be with Andrea uh, in person on Wednesday at our sidewalk chalk party. So one of the pictures that you see there is from um, just this past Wednesday, um, where of course somehow Indara and Andrea are, are posing love, in lovely and reasonable ways and I'm doing jazz hands, but um, I was just excited to be with you both. Um, so Andrea, thank you so much for all that you have brought to SEEK. And um, I think as folks have shared sort of that, everything's gonna be fine. Here are resources you might need. You have what you need within you um, has been really calming and, um, and supportive today. I'm gonna bring it over to you, Andrea, to see if you would like to share just a little bit. Spotlight. I would. Um, I have really, really enjoyed my time with you and was so sad that it was cut short by, um, by our having to close down for the virus. And um, so, you know, perhaps I will visit another time in the, in the future and, uh, and get to say hello and, and goodbye in person. Um, but what I really um, was impressed with was your love and care and most of all your respect for your children and youth uh, that came shining through. And I know you will be fine. Uh, I know your incoming interim minister, Lynn Cox, and I think that you will have a wonderful interim time together. Um, so um, best of luck and uh, thank you for the opportunity to work with you for this year. Andrea, thank you so much. You are um, continuing to care for us even as you leave, um, providing Wes with words of reassurance. Um, I want to also give a shout out and thank you to Shirley Storms, who um, provided home hospitality for Andrea uh, when she came down to DC um, to be with us in the fall and in the winter. Um, and uh, 
Shirley, thank you so much for offering that space, um, which was a gift to Wes, um, and um, I think ended up being really a gift to Andrea as well. Oh, definitely a gift to me. Um, just being in her wonderful, art-filled, serene home was uh, just a blessing. Yes, thank you. So thank you so much, Shirley. Thank you, Andrea, for all that you brought to us. I am very appreciative, and I know that all of Wes is. And I sure echo um, your experience of Wes that this is a community that cares and loves and uh, respects its children and youth. Um, I also want to, as we move into the rest of our appreciations, um, to thank Jean. So Jean actually has been watching, although she created videos for the music uh, this morning, she's also been watching Platform, and some of you have had a chance, I can see, to thank her in the chat. She's here, so feel free to, sh to throw on the chat how much you loved the music. Um, really just so beautiful and a gift to have you with us in this way, Jean, um, since you can't be with us in person right now. I really appreciated it um, and all that it brought. Thank you to all the people that created this morning. Sonia uh, Cooper's our tech host and Karen Storms, who is moving into a platform coordination role. Woo um, and we'll support that through July. Our SEEK team who came to share their appreciations with Andrea and um, um, and of course our four speakers and a double extra thank you to Demacio who in addition to sharing in such deep and heartfelt ways has also been in the chat uh, saying hello and doing all the things he always does as our membership coordinator. So I am deeply grateful for that. Um, and for all the folks. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Shelby and Jenna who ran our talent show on Friday evening. If you were there, um, you know how great that was. And actually it was both hilarious and um, an opportunity for support and, um, and care for each other. Um, I am constantly uh, amazed by the way that Wes um, encourages each other in their um, in their art artistic pursuits, encourages each other in all of the exploration of who we might be. And the talent show was a really beautiful example of that. So I definitely hear tell there's going to be another. I do think there may be a recording of that one, but there's definitely going to be another one coming up later in the summer. Um, it was indeed amazing. So uh, as we move forward into the rest of our day, um, we have our regular check-ins this coming week, our adult check-in. Um, oh, this has to be changed. We do not have a kids check-in anymore. Seek folks, keep an eye out for a survey coming your way about Seek this summer and how we can support your families. But we have our Monday check-in, our Tuesday parent space in the late evening, a Friday check-in and um, uh, a Wednesday um, artist check-in, I think happened last Wednesday. And um, Maceo, can you throw in the chat or share, is that happening again this Wednesday? Maybe, maybe not, okay. Um, keep an eye on the news and notes, which comes out Thursday and on the calendar to see all the ways that you can connect in at West, the book groups that continue to meet the deepening circles that are meeting all of those possibilities. And now I want to invite you into our 
closing song for the month of compassion in June. It's not Frances, though Frances is so adorable, I would easily, happily watch her again. But indeed, it is the, um, uh, oh yes, Naomi's pointing out that the adult check-in is the same time as the vigil. Awesome. Um, so I will talk, we'll talk about that on staff. We are um, holding a vigil, 16th Street, 5 to 6 p.m. every Friday in June. So we'll be there again this Friday. We invite you to come. It's um, great for families, for individuals, um, bring signs, and we usually have some signs available as well. Our closing song now for June.
you so much to the West Band and Johnny who soloed that and to Leah who took the band's audio and created a video with the lyrics for us. That was just um, beautiful. Uh, Shayla reminds us that at the end of her platform address this morning, she said, hey, check out, get the West directory, call a fellow West member, let them know that you are right up the road, that you are thinking of them. I invite you into our closing words this morning. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, showing compassion for the world and ourselves. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. We've loved having you, hearing your um, reflections and your music from so many musicians in our community and beyond, and having your reflections in our chat as well. I want to invite you to head over to Coffee Hour now um, at tiny.cc slash westcoffeehour. The password is Wes's phone number. Thank you so much to everyone for sharing and um, for bringing new reflections on what it might mean to have compassion to suffer together. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jean. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you to all our speakers, really beautiful. Thank you, Andrea, for your year with us. Thanks everybody who pulled this together as folks are heading over to Zoom coffee hour and sharing more appreciations in the chat. It's great to be together. I'm gonna end the recording, Sonia.